everyone. Good morning. I hope you're having a great day. Happy first of the month. Um, I just love the first of the month because I feel like it's always a good chance to start over and to refocus and reshape things that you want to do different for this new month. And speaking of new month and starting over, I think it's also important that you know, we start over in our relationship with God. We start or start over in all the areas that we feel like we didn't do too well on last month and find different ways to improve on it. So today I would love to do a case study on um the prodigal son that is in Luke chapter five from verse eleven to I think thirty something. So that's what we will be talking about today. And it'll tie into, you know, just what happens when you sometimes lose that motivation to have an intimacy with God, an intimacy with God, and you stray away from God and you feel like your relationship isn't the same. And I can speak from firsthand experience because I got to that point where, yes, I love God. Yes, I I love him. I love being his presence, but I'm human also. I have life. um, I have a job. I have friends. I have family. I have this and that. And all these excuses, which are valid, they do often take us away from God. And so I do this because I want to refocus my life with God. I want to refocus my relationship. And so it's always important for me when the month starts to say, okay, what did you do wrong last month? And what can you improve on this month? How do you feel like you were short and so forth? But today I was doing my prayer time and, you know, God kept reminding me of the prodigal son. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting um, because like I said, I do feel like my relationship has slid a little bit just because I felt myself getting busier in the wrong direction, you know, busier with work, busier with my friends and things like that. And so I saw my relationship with God um, not being intentional, not me waking up as early as I like to, not me actually prioritizing 30 minutes, an hour plus to spend that time in his presence. It was more so, hey God, good morning, whatever I got to ask and then go on about my day, but not really sitting in his presence. You know, the last video I made, the way you get to hear God and hear his voice is being still, being in his presence. And I haven't, I feel like I haven't been still lately. And so I love that he brought me back to this article or sorry, this uh, parable so that way I can actually see what that looks like, right? What happens when a son strays away from the father, which is God. And so I'm going to just break down. I'm sure many of you guys have heard this story plenty and plenty and plenty of times. And as I have also, but I felt like today, you know, the word of God is active in our life. And what that means to me is no matter how many times you've read a scripture or a parable or a chapter, anything, you read it in a different day, a different year, a different situation, you're going to get a completely different meaning and a better understanding because I love that we have the Holy Spirit in us who's constantly translating things based on our current circumstances. And so for me, yes, like I said, I've read this parable many, many times, but in my circumstance of me feeling like I was distanced from God, this was able to bring me back and understand what that looked like, right? How that um, the prodigal son went away from God. Why did he go away from God? And how did he return? And what was God's reaction to him? And so we're going to talk about that today. And so this is since my first time really just breaking down, um, I guess, a parable or a scripture. So I'm not going to read everything word for word because it is a little lengthy. It's from uh, Luke 15, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32 
So I'm not going to read everything, but I am going to kind of talk about every bullet point in the sense where I go down, you know, from verse 11, I might talk about that and things like that or whatever. So yeah, just be patient with me guys. Like I said, it's my first time doing it this way and I'm really happy because I love breaking down scriptures. You really get a better understanding and you're able to teach people based on you know, uh, verse by verse, as opposed to just giving a general summary. And I think for me personally, that helps me when I'm able to break things verse by verse by verse, as opposed to just reading a general conclusion of what the total understanding and meaning was of the book. But okay, let's begin. Oh, let's just open up in prayers first before we start. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing me here. Thank you for bringing all the people tuning in. Um, to this audio we thank you so much god for life for the gift of friendship the gift of joy and happiness we thank you for most importantly a relationship with you and the holy spirit god thank you for always welcoming us no matter how far we stray no matter how left we go god you always bring us back right so thank you god for that closeness thank you god for your grace your forgiveness your abundance love and kindness that you show in each and every one of us god help us to always stay strengthened when we are weak in our relationship with you let nothing distract us to pull us away from you god and surround us with loving people who want to encourage us and see us grow closer to you lord um we thank you we praise your most holy name god i pray that as i get ready to break down these scriptures may you speak through me god may your holy spirit that lives within me be the one teaching god so that the people that you have listening to this may get a word from this god and may have seeds planted so that it can bring forth good fruit we thank you god we love you we praise your most holy name amen Okay, let's begin. (laughs) So yeah, so Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. So let's start. I have my first note in verse 12. It says, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me your share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. So I'm sure you guys have read this before, right? Like I said, I'm not going to give a summary. I'm going to break it down. Then at the end, I can summarize it. Um, but just to give you a conclusion, I mean, to give you a better understanding of what's going on here. A father has two sons, right? The younger son comes to the father and asks the father for his estate. Say that, hey, I want my own part of the share. Give it to me. I'm ready to live my life. And so this younger son to me just seems like he was trying to grow up too fast. He wanted something that wasn't yet time for him to receive. You know, that happens with a lot of us. It's like God tells us something. He gives us a promise, but we are so impatient that we can't wait. And instead, we go ahead and do it in the wrong timing. God is a God of order, a God of timing. And it wasn't yet his time. Like they said, he's the younger. He has an older brother and he's the youngest, but yet he is. Here he is trying to grow up so fast and get his wealth right away so he can go ahead and and give it and live whatever type of lifestyle he was intending to live and you know this was greed this was impatience this was pride this was a lot of things going on here for him to go and ask his father who's still alive for his estate for his own um share of his wealth so that he can go and live the life that he wanted to live you know, he's, that's his will. That's really his dad's will. A will isn't given until someone is dead or unless they choose to do it while they're alive. But typically, wills are reserved for when your father passed. So it just also shows a lot of disrespect on the younger son's part. But to me, what I got from that message is that he's trying to grow ahead way too fast. He wanted something that wasn't yet his time to receive. So that's just kind of what I got from that. And then it goes on. He said that... um, 
So once the father divided his his wealth, the son took it and went off to distant land. And that is uh, verse 13. To me, that distant land represents the world. There's so many things in the world, good and bad. The bad thing is enticing. The bad thing is alluring. It's attractive. People want money. People want cars, women, clothes, all these things, drinks, you know, alcohol, uh, drugs. All these things are enticing and alluring so when people see that it's like well I want to chase after that and I feel like that's what the son saw he you know he maybe grew up secluded in his father's estate and he maybe got a glimpse of what that world looked like maybe on a weekend he happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and he saw something that he didn't have in his estate so he wanted that and then he went to seek it you know sometimes when we go seeking for the wrong things it can really change our lives it can really bring a lot of negative things to us so it's important that we wait on God's timing God is a God of purpose a God of order God of time and so it was yet his time the younger son that is to receive his will but yet he saw something he wanted to go off to the world he wanted to go off and enjoy these lust and luxury that the world provides but at the end it leads to death you know so that is point 13 I'm not going in order, as you can see. I'm not going to talk about every bullet point. Whatever I just read, and I feel like it's important to point out, that is what I'm going to um, discuss. And then it goes on to verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Wow, this part is interesting to me because, well, first of all, we're currently in a weird situation. It's not a famine but you can call it that right we're in COVID we're in a pandemic right now lots of people have passed away due to a known and foreseen disease that we didn't predict it's been over a year now and this 14 was really interesting because God saw the future God knew that a famine was going to happen and he was protecting the younger son but because the younger son was impatient and didn't see what God saw he went ahead and ran ahead of God and guess what he found trouble right and to me that brings the point because like I said, God is a God of order and purpose. There's certain things that God is withholding from us because we're not ready yet. We don't see what the future holds. So God is protecting us. When he doesn't give us good things, it's not that he's a mean God. It's not that he doesn't want us to have it. It's just that, you know what, my child, you're not ready for this. If I give this to you, you're not going to know how to use it in two years when this famine happens, when that thing goes wrong, when COVID hits. How are you going to deal with this? Trust me in the season. Be still with me in the season. Don't rush ahead of me. But yet the son ran ahead of God and he was caught in a famine, a severe famine yet at that. And on top of that, the worst thing is that he lost all his wealth. He didn't have any money. He didn't have anything to buy food. And so what he did was that he went to another citizen's house, you know, basically became a slave and was longing to eat pig food <laughs> this was a king i mean a prince i'm sorry this was a prince lived in a beautiful luxury house and he stepped out of that he stepped out of god's kingdom and he went to the world to taste what the world had and this shows that there's literally nothing out in the world there's nothing out in the world i've been in the world I, i'm a little still in the world i mean we're worldly creatures does that make sense i live in the world but i'm not of the world anymore Yes, there's times when I'm a fleshly creature and I do things that I wouldn't say are right Christian behaviors, but I'm just glad that I'm not in the world. Does that make sense? Because the world is a scary place. The world has all these luxury, all these things that looks beautiful, glistens, but that at the end, there's nothing there. There's nothing left to it. 
And so the son, you know, he took his wealth, went to the world, squandered it, found out there's actually nothing out here. And he ended up getting himself in trouble where now he has no money and now he has to be a slave for someone who doesn't feed him. He's feeding to eat pig food. A prince who came from luxury trying to eat pig food. And so in verse 15 to 16, right? After he goes and asks this man to work for him and now he's eating pig food. Disobedience is costly, guys. Disobedience is costly. The more we're in disobedience, the more it's going to cost, the more we're going to have to pay. It's important that we listen to God and his timing because when we step out of that timing and that order, we have to now cover for all our mistakes. We have to pay for that. We have to fund our education when God told us not to go to school. We have to pay for our car loans when God told us not to, to, to buy that car. We wanted something nice, right? We wanted to show off to other people. But yet now we get something that God said it's not time yet. And we're putting a more hardship, a more burden. It can be the little things, right? Like like I said, the car example, I think that's perfect. I've seen a lot. I mean, I don't know everyone's finances. Of course not. I don't live in their house. I don't know their bank. I'm not their accountant, whatever. But I know that a lot of people keeping up with the Joneses is a real thing. So they see that oh, all my friends have nice Mercedes. I barely make 12000 an hour, but I, I'm going to get that Mercedes. So everyone can think so-and-so of me. But yet they get this car. They get something that isn't their timing to get and now they're putting more depth and more burden and so disobedience is costly so it's really important that we listen to God and we stay in his presence um, but after it goes on to verse 17 when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death oh no I'm not going to be starving to death when I'm a prince I can eat food my servants have more food than I do currently he came to a revelation, and I love this because I don't think anyone can be lost forever. Lost souls just haven't been found yet. And that gives me confidence. That gives me faith. You know, that gives me hope. Hope is the best word to use. That gives me hope because no matter how lost you feel like you are, you always will have a revelation that comes from within. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Whether we acknowledge His, pre his presence or not, He lives within us. And there'll be one day when we're so desperate, so low. And when those are always, sadly, sadly, God, <laughs> those are always the moments when I feel like we're more prone to hear from God because it's like, okay, God, I have nothing else. I need you now. Speak to me. Unfortunately, that is very true for me and for most people, right? It's those moments where we need him the most is when we're willing to listen. But when we feel like we don't need him, we forget about God. So another point, it's always important to not forget God and your goods and your lows because he's always with us, right? Always wanting to speak to us. So it's important that we are always making time to listen to him. But I'm glad that the prodigal son got a revelation of who he was and whose he was. He was a, a, a son of a king. He had everything in his kingdom. But yet here he was lower than a servant, lower than a slave. And so when he came to his revelation, he said, you know what, I'm going to go back to my father's house and apologize and ask for forgiveness because I've sinned so much that I need to ask for repentance, right? And it's, it's important that when we do come back to God, 
we repent. Yes, we might stray, but how are you coming back? Just don't come back and act like everything's good. Think about a friendship, for example. Y'all know I can't do a video without referencing friendship analogies. <laughs> but yeah, think about a friendship, for example, right? If you did something wrong to your friend, you maybe, I don't know, said a bad thing to them or were hurtful or mean. You're just not going to call that friend up and act like nothing happened and start talking. It's going to be awkward. Your friend is going to be like, uh, are you going to apologize for what you said? Like, what? Like, don't act like we're all cool and whatever, you know? Because it's so easy to have a friendship rekindled. All you got to say is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. Whatever you, you did, you know, apologize. And although God is not like us, God will still welcome us whether we apologize or not. He will still welcome and love us, but... That's not that's not right to treat him like that, you know, because at the end of the day, God wants a relationship with us. He's our friend. He's our father. He's a loving God. So we got to treat him with that respect where if I sin God, if I said something I wasn't supposed to say or do something I wasn't supposed to do, please forgive me. Repent. Repent. I love the word because it means turning. It's a 360, turning away from what you were previously doing and turning to the right way. This was random. Um, I just thought of this, so I don't want to forget. But I forgot who I was listening to. Maybe R.C. Blakes. If you haven't heard of him, he's an amazing preacher on YouTube. But he was talking about, you know, how to live as Christians. Or Miles Monroe. Either one, either R.C. Blakes or Miles Monroe said it. I feel like it was Miles Monroe, sorry. But yeah, so he was saying that the way to live like a Christian is really hard, right? But how do you know how to live like a Christian? He said, you see what 99% of the world are doing and you turn around and do the opposite. <laughs> and that's what living like a Christian means. So it's just very true. If you see everyone, um, I don't know, stealing, you turn around and not steal. You do the opposite of what everyone's doing. And I thought that was just a really amazing example to summarize what it means to be a Christian. Doing the opposite of what the world does. Because like I said, we are in the world. So therefore we're worldly creatures because we are in the world but we're of course flesh we're of course spiritually uh, spiritual beings but we're fleshly right so we are of the world no sorry we live in the world but we're not of the world hopefully we're not of the world <laughs> but yeah so i just wanted to bring that up so going back to what i was saying right so it's important that you repent when you do sin from god so that he can welcome you back and bring you into his kingdom and so moving on to verse 20, the father was so welcoming. He was so loving. You know, when he saw the son from a distance, he ran to him, threw his arm on him, kissed him, had compassion on him. The father was so kind, so loving. And that to me just summarized God's love for us. God is so generous, so forgiving, so kind. And how many times do we hurt God? How many times do we stray from God? plenty and thousands of times at least I do you know but it's so amazing to know that we have a father like God who yes his son went in sin yes his son took his inheritance before it was time but he still welcomed him back he didn't judge him he didn't say you this person I'm not gonna welcome you back you're banned whatever whatever and to me that just shows that God loves each and every one of us no matter what type of sin you feel like you're, you've done you're capable of being forgiven Think of, of Paul, you know, who was once Saul, killed thousands of people. He was a murderer, killed so many people. But guess what? God didn't look at, look at him for his sins. He looked at him for his heart, for who God created him to be. He had purpose. He had destiny. And that if the same can apply with this prodigal son, with uh, Saul, a.k.a. Paul now, 
David, all the great people in the Bible, the same applies for you and me. God loves us that much that our sins aren't too big for him to not forgive us and have compassion on us. That doesn't mean go out there and sin and say, you know what, I'm going to sin today and ask for forgiveness tomorrow. No, that doesn't mean do that cautiously. But it just means that if we do fall into those moments of temptations of weakness and things like that, it's okay to go back to God because he'll be there waiting for you. God is waiting for us, all of us to come back. And the thing about sin is that sin really separates us from God. Man, sin literally separates us. You know, think about Adam and Eve, the first human beings in the Bible. When they sinned, they hid. They hid because they're ashamed. Sin makes you so ashamed. It makes you cover yourself. It's like, dang, God, I'm just not worthy to be seen by you. I'm disgusting. I'm this, I'm that. And then you cover yourself. You hide because sin is just... It's a separation. It's the enemy's greatest trick. When we sin, now condemnation comes in. You know, we forget to hear God's conviction. That's righteous, that is sweet, that is loving, that is turning and freeing. But yet the enemy steeps in. When we have sin, it allows a door to open for the enemy so he can come and say whatever he wants to say to us. But we have a loving God, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, so verse uh, 20, 21, you know, the son said to him, then this is okay. So when he came back home now, he hugged his father, you know, things like that. And now the son is saying, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven and earth. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Like I said, sin separates us. It makes us forget who we are. And it makes us so ashamed that we want to be so low. This guy who was obviously a birth son was so ashamed of his sin that he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. I'm so ashamed of my sins that I don't even want to be called your son. I don't even want to be considered anything good because I've sinned so much. You know, and that's how much sin separates us. It really just, not just separates us from God, but from our our truth, you know, our knowledge of who we are. And then it goes to verse 2. 22 sorry then the father was like okay you're still my son so all the servants bring him you know nice clothes nice robes rings all that sin was to put on his feet and to me i love that because it's like yes separates us but when we come back and repent god's forgiveness is like crazy it's like well i don't care i mean he cares but it's like i don't care i'm happy to have you home i'm happy that you're found i'm happy you had revelation and god is so quick to cleanse us and wipe all our sins the father putting all these things on him the, the uh, rings and the sandals and the robe symbolizes god's cleansing and god's acceptance and god's welcoming you know no matter how much we sin god is going to cleanse us and restore us he restored his son back to sonship because the son felt like i'm not worthy to be called your son but the father said well i'm going to restore you so now you feel like a son let me give you everything that you once had let me make you look like a prince again put on the robe put on the rings put on the slippers or sandals (laughs) um you know you're now my son again you're now a prince again god restored him he cleansed him so I love that part. It's beautiful. Then uh, verse 23 to 24, uh, this is when, you know, he tells the servants to bring the, the cows, the fattened calves, sorry. Um, yeah, my son, I love 24 from the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
it's important that we just us also as believers we rejoice for lost souls i was lost but now i am found you know god's kingdom i'm sure rejoices every time a new person gets saved a new believer is welcome to the kingdom they rejoice and so should we and then moving on to 25 through 28 so after the father's throwing a big feast and a big party for him his older brother gets word of this and it's like what's going on what's why is there a party and i wasn't invited you know like what's what's this and so he is aware that his son his father sorry his brother is back <laughs> and they're throwing a party for this brother who was a sinner who went and squandered his father's money and of course he's mad he's like what like are you kidding me like why are you guys doing this you know so he's definitely mad and he refuses to well let me let me pause there so he's just really mad and so to me what i got from that part is that sometimes others don't like when you're being blessed they see that okay well how is this person being blessed how is this person who's a sinner being blessed still by god why does god let this person you know so sometimes we'll question like why god forgive you and god is more likely well obviously god forgives us more than a human being sometimes some people will see you for your past and not see the person that you became you know and it's important that we as human beings we don't hold people to their past we don't judge them. You know, we try to look at them as the people that they currently are. And not to say, you know what? Well, this this Saul person, he's used to kill people. That's all I still see him as. I don't care if his new name is Paul. He's still a sinner. No. Because as Christians, we too have to forgive. We too have to be able to look at people differently. And forgiveness doesn't mean that we forget what they did. Forgiveness just means that not holding them accountable for who they used to be, but looking at them as who they currently are because God can restore people like we saw here. God restored his son back to sonship. So he's no longer that old person. He's a different man. He's renewed and restored. And so we're going to have those people where based on the sins, they're going to be confused on why God's blessing us and not want to forgive us for our past. And not to say it's okay, but we're going to have people like that. You know, just like how God, Jesus said, the world hated me or hate you even more because you're of me. You're a reflection of who I am. And so it goes on to verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. God always comes to find us no matter where we are. To me, that's what it just symbolized. You know, the father went to go look for his son because the son refused to come in. God is always going to come find us. He's always there waiting for us, but yet he'll come find us. He'll say, you know, I love you so much. I'm going to come out here to bring you in because you're maybe angry. You're maybe this and that, but I'm going to find you. And that just shows how much God loves us to always come back and find us. And then verse 29 but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me every, anything, not even a young goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. And so, yeah, to me, I just wrote, you know, sometimes it can feel like good things are happening to bad people or bad things are happening to good people. You know, and that's kind of what I felt like he felt at this moment. It's like, well, how is it that this son of yours did all these bad things, but yet you're rewarding him? But me, I've been so good. I've been obedient. I haven't disobeyed you, and you've never given me anything good. You know, it's like just being patient because, like I said, our timing has yet to come. 
we might look at things and say, well, God doesn't love me. God isn't blessing me because how is it that I'm so faithful? I tithe every Sunday or, you know, tithe every month. I do this every this and that. But yet I feel like I'm not being blessed. It's important that we're patient and literally being still and knowing that he is God. God sees us. He sees our disobedience and he's so happy. It reminds me of also um, the parable of the coins where he came back. You know, he said, my good and faithful servant, you've been faithful with the little. So therefore, I would give you much. This older son, because he's been faithful this whole time, I'm sure he's going to receive a greater inheritance than his younger brother. Even although the younger brother has been forgiven because much to whom much is given, much more is required. This guy was obedient. So God, his father, is going to bless him more. I'm sure of that. So don't get weary in your good in your good doing. You know, keep up the good work. Keep up being consistent. Keep up being obedient because you might not see the results at the moment, but you reap what you're sowing. What you're sowing is good. It's obedience. And in the long term, you're going to reap something amazing and something great. So don't give up. Don't get weary when you see like others are getting blessed. And it's like, why are, they, why are they getting blessed, God? I've been so faithful. I've been doing this. I've been going to church every single day. Why is it that my miracle hasn't came yet? Be patient in due season. God will make all things beautiful. He really will. And so moving on to 31. And it says, my son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. God always rewards those who are faithful and obedient. So whether we feel like we're not being blessed right now, it's coming. So definitely being patient in our season, waiting for that time when God will reward those who are faithful because everything he said everything i have is yours everything god has belongs to us if we ask and we will receive in matthew 7 it says that asking you shall receive seeking you will find knock on my door will be open for you um matthew 7 verse 7 so it's like everything god has is going to be for us but we just have to be patient we might not see it because it's not yet time for us to receive it look what happened to the prodigal son he received his inheritance way too early and he squandered it and then um lastly the verse 32 okay but we had to celebrate and be glad because his brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and he is found it shows, shows God's grace and forgiveness because God loves to find the lost people. It talks about God will leave the one sheep to go find the 99. Just this whole Luke 15, I love it because all the parables are very similar, but he's using different stories. You know, the first one, the parable of the lost sheep. One sheep was lost. He left 99 to go find that one sheep. The, it talks about the parable of the lost coin. The lady was happy when she found her lost coin. Now the parable of the lost son. You know, God loves to find the lost because he loves us. We're so special. That shows how much God loves us. We're all special. No matter if there's billions of people in the world, God knows you by name. He knows your situation. He knows your voice. He knows how many hairs you have in your head. That's how much God loves each and every one of us. So of course, he's going to rejoice when we come back to him. And it's important that we don't stray too far where we feel like I'm so far that God doesn't love me. Like the prodigal son, he felt like at least I'm glad he had revelation and came back to the census to go to his father. But when he came back, he still felt 
felt like he had sinned so much that he was no longer worthy to be restored to how he used to be. But God can restore us no matter how far we stray. God is always here with us, waiting for us to come back, waiting to restore us, waiting to cleanse us and forgive us and celebrate with us, celebrate for us. So, yeah, that's, I mean, everything. I hope that you guys like this uh, parable breakdown. Um, yeah, let me know if you have any feedbacks and questions and suggestions. Um, and hopefully you learned something from this. Because I definitely did when I read this myself. I feel like God speaks to me through you guys. But most of these things are things I've experienced, things I'm going through. And he tells me this. So not just so I can tell you guys, but I can also experience it for myself. You know, I'm going to go back and listen to this and say, wow, like, okay, God, thank you for speaking to me. You know, that's something you wanted me to hear, but you also wanted me to share with your children also. So I'm just so humbled to be doing that, you know, and hopefully, like I said, it was good. You guys learned something and yeah, but thank you again for listening. Hope everyone has a lovely day. Talk to you guys later.